Dear friends, hello. Today we have really very international talk because uh, one person is, so, is located in Moscow, I'm located in Dubai, and our amazing guest is Sofia Defey, located in South Africa in Cape Town. Sofia, hello. Happy Hi, to see oh. you. Happy Thank to see you. you. I want to introduce that great lady, great person to our Moscow audience, Dubai audience, and all people who are listening to us from all over the world. Safia Defey, she's a script writer and director, and she worked on very many TV channels. Even if I name few, it will be not enough. It's such channels as Discovery Channel, National Geographic, BBC, CCTV, Animal Planet, and I know that there are more channels with whom Sophia is uh, cooperating and working. And uh, she directed in 2011 a movie, fundraising film, during the Somalian famine that raised around $40 million to yeah. be sent to Somalia. That is absolutely incredible to Holland, Back, Eyes Wide Open, that is the names of the movies, and a lot, a lot of awards at Cannes Film Festival, and I had the honor to work with uh, Sophia in Dubai on the movie Leap of Faith, and it was also a great journey and a great experience. Sophia, my first question to you. Number one, I'm happy to see you. Thank you so much for your time. Tell me, please, you saw so many different countries, so many different situations, and you were in some movies that were, it was very difficult to do them. What do you think about this crisis, this COVID-19, and the situation that is going on in general in the world? Uh, how do you feel it? Well, the pandemic has been like, it's been of seismic proportions. It's been like, a meteorite hit the earth. I mean, it really has changed everything. And um, as you said, you pointed out a few of the films I had worked on, which were in numerous actual natural disasters from famines, earthquakes, wars in Syria. And um, so over the years, I've worked a lot with people who have actually had to, you know, the, the survivors were the ones with resilience and the courage to go on where they actually, I mean, there's a lovely saying saying, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice. And actually, I believe that sometimes you have no choice, but you've just got to carry on and be very resilient and creative. Um, how the pandemic has affected us in the industry now, um, you know, we are creators. We are people who are meant to be innovators. We are meant to be smarter, be able to think laterally. And I think now more than ever before, we have to be creative and pioneer a way forward. In terms of our industry, things have changed. We're now on Zoom, we're using virtual production techniques. Um, everything is remote, even virtual post-production. And um, this is, I don't know how temporary this is, <laughs> because I recently worked on uh, obviously a National Geographic film where I was just doing Zoom interviews and there, there are big limitations. Um, we have to, I mean, obviously the crisis is, is challenging us in terms of aesthetics, in terms of technical infrastructure, in terms of how we exhibit our work. And um, I think as creatives, um, we have to keep ahead of the game and keep being smart and innovative. 
have I answered the question? Uh, Sophia, tell me please, uh, do you think that the industry of movies, the production of the movies, will it be the same? Uh, it will survive or it will be changing completely? It will be new technologies and new approaches or still we will have Cannes Film Festival and a lot of festivals where you got awards. How do you see the future of the cinema? Well, in terms of my reading and the literature, they're saying it will change, that it is actually sort of going to be 360 degrees because we will no longer be able to exhibit films. People are not going to be able to sit in movie houses anymore. Um, you know, we're going to move. Everything's going to be virtual. And um, obviously, they're applying all these techniques to post. Actually, now we do Zoom edits and we do Zoom interviews. Um, um, at the moment, I know that most of the big, I mean, Hollywood is basically, I think everyone's sort of under quarantine and still in lockdown, so I don't know what productions are happening. Um, I carried on working through the pandemic, by the way, <laughs> just my own personal story. I decided I wasn't going to do lockdown. I was going to get out there and I was going to record and I was going to chronicle and I was going to be part of it in any way I could possibly be, whether it was charity films. And so um, that's just obviously my nature <laughs> um i thought if i'm out there and i'm witnessing you know obviously i'm not making money but i'm filming it i'm telling stories i'm finding people who are doing things i'm looking for the heroes that people who are working in charities um it was a way of of keeping in touch with everything what was happening you know we were sort of suddenly restricted to our houses and to you know getting our information and i kept sending my drones over all the areas which i believed were afflicted and it was incredibly interesting to see people lining up for food and finding out what was happening and who was actually feeding people now and getting actually so i filmed it and um and then i created films for those people to actually raise money so you know that's what i'm saying it, there, there was no choice but to actually you know was i going to sit here and just read books which i wanted to do as well or get out there and actually record and uh, be part of it which I think we're uh, all Sophia, I'm sorry, all this movie that you said about and all this uh, shooting that you did, you speak about now uh, South Africa, yeah? This is you're doing in your yeah. home country. Yeah. I got stuck here in lockdown and we've had an extreme lockdown. I don't know if you know. <laughs> they were literally, we were, I think it was similar in Russia and Dubai as well. And obviously, you know, with curfews and everything. So using my media pass, which was amazing, um i went out and i took drones out at night in the curfew and saw how people were actually if it was actually um applying and um and many of the things we were being told because you know you sort of suddenly so cut off um i found that what i was filming was different to what we were actually being told actually so, i see uh, tell me please among uh, all these movies that you did it's about somalia and about syria and about africa and about uh, small children who were trafficking and taken away from parents what do you think uh, you always choose very controversial topics you never like simple topics you like to attract attention and in one of your interview you said that it is better to ask questions uh what do you mean by that and how we can use that in COVID times <laughs> what do you think we should do now um i think that questions are more important than answers because there wouldn't be answers if we didn't have questions for one and um the second is that questions always seek to frame to expose answers are always changing 
And in this time now where we are challenged, probably, I mean, across the world in terms of figures of unemployment of people without jobs, we have to ask questions of ourselves as well. Like, what can we do? We've got to remain curious what is happening. Um, is there anything that we can think of? How can we work together? How can we change this? Um, how can we inspire and go forward? So, yes, every day I wake up and I uh, ask myself questions. Am I doing the right thing? Are we? Can we carry on? Is this how we're going to have to do it? We have to. And um, the answers keep moving and flexing and changing. <laughs> but the questions remain the same. We have to challenge ourselves as well. So questions are very important. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. Without questions, there will be no answers. And sometimes, you know, sharp questions and difficult questions, just when you pronounce them, the answers will come. And it's very difficult to, to articulate difficult questions because as human, very often we like to escape them, you know. And we discussed it that if you want to be successful film director, script writer, you should be controversial. You cannot all only say good things um, because this is life. Yeah, we've got to be courageous. And, um, you know, uh, we can't just always accept what we're told. And that's, uh, as you know, as, as part of our, it's in our DNA, I think. We're curious as well. I mean, it's just like curiosity drives us. And, uh, and even the things about the pandemic, I've never stopped asking questions and trying to find the answers and from everyone around me in terms of what people think and, and you know and that's so interesting and sort of perceptions and you know what the beggar in the street thinks to what someone still sipping their champagne thinks like sort of you know because it hasn't really affected them uh it's it's uh you know it's it's who we are we are the the, the questioners the questioners. A few days ago, you told me that uh, you will be happy to live in Russia and to work in Russia. Tell me, please, about your experience working in Russia. I know that you were doing something related to space. I, I worked with National Geographic, and um, I worked at the, uh, the space center, the UAE Space Center, when they launched. You know, they trained the first astronauts, Hazar al Mansouri and Sultan al Nayadi. And I followed their journey from UAE um, for a year. And I followed all their training, the Yuri Gagarin Center in, in, in Russia. So I stayed in Russia. And then of course we went to Kazakhstan, to Baikonur. And I met many of your famous astronauts. And um, I was utterly amazed. I loved Russia. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I, I just felt it was like the world's best kept secret. It was mesmerizing. The people were amazing. They were incredibly kind. Um, your food, everything. It was just one of the most, the best experiences I've had. Um, I loved working with your film crews, your producers. Um, everyone was just extraordinary. It was actually one of the most amazing. Um, I learned so much. It was just exceptional. Um, I loved Russia. <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, I, I'm sure a lot of people will be so happy to hear that, and, um, and it's amazing what you did. Tell me, please, I would like to come back to that movie that managed to fundraise $40 million. It's a huge amount of money by a movie. How is it possible? 
that means that the filmmakers also a very big power. They also heroes because you know this amount of money can save a lot of people from starvation. I believe. How did you manage to do it, Sophia? Okay, so in terms of um, at that time, it was one of the most difficult and complex jobs I've ever worked on, working in the, on that Somalian famine. And, and that's a whole movie that we, I, I won't even go into the details of how we ended up in Somaliland. We had to make our way down to Somalia. We had to, it was very dangerous. We had to get to these camps and everything. And at that time, CNN and BBC, the BBC actually weren't even there. CNN were there and it was saying, this is the world's greatest famine. Uh, millions of people are dying every day, which it was pretty horrifying. Anyway, with very little, uh, we went out and um, the audience obviously was, um, um, sort of a senior government in the UAE and um, the last film we'd done was sort of like a, a drama documentary for them which had also raised a lot of money for an orphanage in Lebanon and it was something that they related to because they would all meet the Majlis and then they would present this film and so they'd asked me to find this woman and they wanted the story to be about her a terrible terrible story of how she lost all her children on the way and we sort of recreated it dramatically and under the most extreme circumstances I've ever worked, actually. Um, we had uh, fear of being, um, of terrorism, of, of um, you know, there was militant groups, militia groups on the ground. We had guards continuously. So we sort of like filmed with people with guns all around us. Um, every time we sent someone back, I was worried that we hit by mines or something, you know, what terrible would happen to our artists. Um, it was, incredibly incredibly challenging and we really had no food or water at the time because there was no clean water and um we didn't even shower or anything during this period and numerous other stories it was it was quite remarkable in terms of what it took out of us anyway somehow this miracle happened as movies tend to be and we managed to put together some story of of this woman and <laughs> And we came back, we edited it very quickly, and we, because of the urgency of the famine, and it was presented, and um, it was shown in the Majlis to, obviously, the Yuppies, and they gave generous donations. They were very moved by the film, and they raised the money that night. And also the amazing thing about working for organizations like Red Crescent, that, that money and those, you know, supplies reached there instantly it wasn't like you know sometimes these things get because you know a few people can make a decision and um and save lives and the same in nepal as well they acted so quickly and they were able to do that which is remarkable when you see other big organizations like the un the bureaucracy to do to present a film how long would it take for it to be accepted and for it to go you know it would never happen this we literally put it down in all it's sort of like <laughs> naive. Sophie, it's unbelievable because you are a lady, a tiny lady, you're not a Schwarzenegger, you know, who is a huge man with big muscles. And uh, but uh, the amount of danger that you accept, that you're not afraid in a way for your life, because it's even I have goosebumps when I'm listening to your story because I feel that it was really very dangerous and you managed to collect this $40 million. It's unbelievable what you and your team are doing. Uh, Sophia, tell me please, our project Hidden Hero is uh, helping, is trying to help uh, people who are authors, entrepreneurs, 
who are coaches, mentors, and some of them are now in very difficult situation because some of them, they lost their jobs and they don't know how to attract people because the world is changing. And they're building their brands. They're building their brands. And of course, when people build the brand of any company or of any person, there should be a story behind it. Since you're the person who is telling the best, one of the best stories, uh, what do you recommend to that people? How to build a story about themselves and about their brand? If there is not that great story like in Somalia, like going to the space, they're ordinary people, they have ordinary job, ordinary. Can you give some recommendations, please? Well, I think that um, I've lost you, are you back here? Um, I, I think that we are all ordinary people, not in extraordinary circumstances. So I think that they, that um, we are being challenged. As you said, your hidden heroes, everyone's going to have to be a hero now. Um, to get your brand out there, I think that we're going to have to change our way of thinking um, in terms of, you know, one of the things I did, I mean, I don't know if this helps people, but um, I started like looking up ways to to get people back to work. That became my, my other obsession during this lockdown period, not to accept it. So I've been looking at everything from UV light solutions, you know, how that works, how we could apply UV light and talking to people. Then I put a little UV light things. And then using my skills as a filmmaker, I made little sort of films of it and then sent that out to people saying, what about this? Can we use this? We can take this on a bigger scale. Um, People had this other product called Back to Barrett that clears the air with nanotechnology. So I made another little film. And then I sent that out to like Ella. I just said, you know, what about this? So it's almost using your, um, you know, applying, you know, the situation we're in now, um, which is pretty dire. And um, my quest at this point is, you know, how do we clean up things? How can we get schools clean? How can we get the air clean? Um, from So I'm continuously talking uh, to people who are, working with uh, quicker um, testing kits and um, all these things that have suddenly come onto the market. I found a woman who has a mask now and it's like a five plus, you know, and I was thinking I should make a film for her. She needs to get this out. So at the moment I've been, actually I have not obviously been making money out of it, but I've been doing these things to um, try and uh, get people to look at all these options that we have that will make our world, that we can open up the world, actually, and we can start working, because that's really the importance. I mean, that's what we all have to try and do. For entrepreneurs, sorry, for writers, authors and everything, I think that the best thing now to do is to network, to talk to people, to do what you're doing, to um, get, um, to be bold, to um, look at new innovations, to understand how we're now working, um, what is applicable now? Um, what are people going to want to see? Um, you know, to keep busy, not to get depressed, not to feel like we're a victim of something, and to actually keep moving and looking for solutions. So, I mean, like that's um, it's easier said than done. I have to say, it's, it's a, <laughs> no, a, a, Sophia, a, definitely, yeah. But in your case, it's not only to say because you are the one who did it. And even I remember when we were working on the movie, that was very easy in comparison with Somalia. This movie, Leap of Faith, it was shot in Abu Dhabi. It was done with the support of the government, and there was nothing dangerous. Even 
when you work in such easy environment, a lot of things happening. So uh, I think every movie is really like life. A lot of adventures are going on. Do you want it or do you uh, not? That's why I think that you are the one who is taking the risk and you are ready for this risk and you are ready to help people. And I want to tell you that if you have some stories that you want to share with people in Russia, in Kazakhstan, in Dubai, and it can help people to say what they are doing because a lot of things are online, please send to us, we will show it to our audience. Maybe they want to buy it or they want to cooperate with that people because people are losing jobs, not only in South Africa. And if they will manage to come to some ideas, it will be great. I will be very happy about that. No, no, amazing because I mean, I, I, I sort of like have slipped into this, you know, obviously, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people that, um, you know, having basically filmed all these people and, and this concept of resilience, which is so important, which for years and years, you know, I filmed people in the tsunami, um, that massive earthquake, um, what a hurricane, Katrina, one of the big hurricanes, and, um, and, and all these sort of like films I've done, you know, which have been sort of part of my job. And along the way, I've spoken to people and I've heard their stories and you've seen the survivors and you've seen the people who haven't done so well. And I sort of always worked out like, how did they get through it? How did they put up with this loss? How did they survive it? How did they keep going, actually? You know, what inner resources do they have? And I think that um, we're not all in that situation. I mean, the one thing is we're all in it together, the whole world. So one thing for all the people who've lost their jobs, look what's happened in America, 50 million jobs today are down. In our country, 30% unemployment and growing. You know, it's it's everywhere. So, so I think one thing you can't take it personally and think, you know, you know, I'm a failure, everyone else is so successful. But I think that uh, exactly, if you can provide a platform at this point, we can sort of um, cross-pollinate ideas and we can um, get things open. Um, I'm sure Rush is also looking to, out of wherever they are. Um, I, I'm, I'm within groups, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of stuff, new testing, new antibody testing, that just come out of Yale. It's 99%. It's a three-minute test. It's a game changer. Yeah. I've got new masks that um, they're woven in with special sort of um, nanotechnology as well. Yeah. This could also be a, ch a game changer. So, yeah. No, definitely. Uh, definitely. And, you know, uh, I will tell you, Sophia, since you saw so many things and now what you're seeing is not the worst, yeah? Since you saw the Katrin, uh, since you saw the earthquakes and the wars, uh, for you, what is going now, I mean, it's not the most terrible days, yeah? But for other people, they never saw something like that. That is the source of this depression because they don't know how to deal with that. And the second question, when it will end? Most of the people ask that question and we don't know when it will end or will it end at all? I think that the problem is with the, the uh, will it end? Um, um, that, I mean, everyone has a different perspective on that. They keep talking about the vaccines, but as you know, that keeps moving out. So that's why I say we all have to work very strongly at making, I mean, even in film, how are we going to get actors onto set? How are we going to clean rooms? Um, you know, um, how do we get people to observe wearing masks? Um, I think that there's so many different sort of um, approaches to this at this point. Um, but we need to really all work together to solutions that's on one side and we've got to maintain our livelihoods as well because we can't uh 
just lose everything in this um, very, very weird uh, crisis that we're in. It's very different to everything else. Wars seem to be, you know, you can escape from a war. We, there's nowhere we can go. The whole world is actually inflicted. Usually, so I, I, I don't even know if we can underestimate it. It's like, you know, tsunami will come and then it's like in an area and then even wars, people move out, they're refugees, but they can move on with their lives. Where do we go now? So we have to actually come up with solutions. Absolutely agree with you. Sophia, as my last question to you, I want to know what is the work that you are most proud of yourself? It uh, may be the, the movie or the film that got the biggest award, but it might be something that even nobody saw. <laughs> I mean, few people saw. What is the film or the project uh, or the movie that you're most proud that you say, I'm Sophia Defay, I did this and this is amazing. I'm very proud of myself. Of myself. What is that project for you? Well, I'll get, I'm different. every project I've and I think, oh, I wish I'd done it like that. I always look at my work very forensically afterwards, very critically. I'm hypercritical of myself. And I always look at it and I go, I hate that. You know, you can't watch a film with me. Oh, God, I don't know why I did that. And I wish I'd redone that edit. And I wish we'd taken that shot again. And I wish, you know, so I, I'm, I'm very um, critical. Um, I, when I look back, um, it's, it's often the experiences that you've had. I, I worked in Bosnia, which was amazing. And um, I worked with, I, I, I decided to choose the lead um, to be the film. He had to be a very fragile person who was sick and actually ended up using someone who actually was sick who had cancer. And um, that, and it ended up being, you know, he started actually to get better on this job. And I think a lot of it was because he was getting out of depression and uh, we were making him work and he was in the fresh air and he was having to move and actually he did recover after this job. And um, it, there was, it was such a sad story, it was such a heartbreaking story, but in, in the end that, you know, the result of this film is that this young man actually managed to recover. Um, I worked also with, um, in America on a, on a project with very amazing people who since now have, 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 been, have passed on, um, a recipient of a lung, um, she had a, 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 an organ transplant, she, she, had a, she was an opera singer, and um, amazingly inspiring people. And so I think I look at the jobs where I learned the most, actually, technically, creatively, am I most proud of them? Everyone has a different interpretation when they watch a film. So my experiences are very much, um, what I remember of, of actually, I think of the filmmaking and of the experience and, and how we touched lives within that experience. And then actually how it went on to change lives. I think that's very important as well. If it can echo for many years, if it can, if people can watch something 10 years later and it still is meaningful. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know why recently I watched, uh, rewatched, rewatched the movie Forrest Gump and I was shocked that I watched it 15 years ago, I saw one thing, and now after 15 years, I saw completely different things. It's like two different movies. It's interesting that uh, the movie is the same, but we are different, and how we interpret it. It's like reading a book. Every time you read it, you will, you know, it depends who you are at that time when you're reading it, what you'll get out of it, and same watching a film. And I think that all great literature, art, music, and everything has to stand this test of time that we will continuously you know, react to it in a different way and watch it and absorb it and feel differently and feel different emotions. And to me, that's the most important thing. I don't think I've achieved that, but <laughs> I'm saying that, that um, yeah, it's, it's an important 
um, quest and we just carry on trying to do Sophia, you know, I would like to tell you, thank you so much. And I want you that you can rely on our platform. Thank you so much for being on Hidden Hero. Even the platform itself is called Hidden Hero because we believe that there is hero inside of every one of us, especially in difficult times, this hero is going out when speaking about being resilient and surviving unusual situations and still staying human, still staying human. I think, well, I'm very, very, I mean, thank you very much. I'm very grateful to be part of this. And um, Olga, what an amazing platform. And um, you're doing amazing things, uh, giving people hope in times of great bleakness where we've all run out of hope. <laughs> so no, we, will t we will try to do it. We will try to do it together. We are located in... We still have houses, we are very lucky, we have water, we have food, but unfortunately not everybody has it. And we should definitely help each other. And it doesn't matter, are you in Cape Town, in Moscow, in Kazakhstan, or in Africa, or in other place. So I was very happy to see you, Sophia. I wish you to create new movies, never stop. See that stories on the roads, on the streets, talking to people, film them. And whatever you think will be helpful to people in other countries, send it to us we will be happy to show it to our audience as well i will share everything with you if anything to get us all stronger and better and getting through this olga thank you very much thank you so um, much and best regards to richard also <laughs> thank you so much thank you so thank much you, thank you sophia I was happy to see you god bless and protect you